0: Welcome, this is EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things in a variety of ways, resulting in positive change in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach here at Ellenbecker Investment Group. One of our EIG employees said to me recently, I always cry when I listen to your show. Well, my goal is not to see how many times I can make someone cry during a show, although crying is a very real and common reaction to hearing something very emotional. And Lord knows I've done it myself many times, and we've had to cut out some dead minutes from the interview so I could regain my composure and continue. But what we find is that even though we're discussing some tough topics at times, Bringing awareness to an issue or a challenge and then shining a light on some positive things that people and nonprofits are doing to offer help and support, we can then bring about positive change and necessary solutions to the challenge. So although there may be moments of tears and sadness, our goal is really to highlight the good the positive things that are happening as a result so keep that in mind as you listen to some of our more emotional interviews as well as some of the other ones that aren't as emotional and then think about how you can provide help support or solutions to the challenge and make a difference for others So we're going to dive right into our show now and I'm going to lay out some statistics for you. Uh, According to the National Cancer Institute, there has been a substantial increase in childhood cancers over the past few decades. In fact, the overall rate has increased 27% since 1975 in kids under the age of 19. A little over 10,000 children in the United States under the age of 15 will be diagnosed with cancer in 2022. Approximately one in 285 children in the United States will be diagnosed with cancer before their 20th birthday Cancer and cancer treatments they can put kids in a funk both physically and mentally So in doing activities that keep their hands busy Children can create something fun that perhaps can be used as a gift in addition these activities offer brain health benefits as they maintain Or improve memory and cognitive function. So to dive in a little bit more in in that regard I'm going to introduce to you my first guest today who is Craig Sorbo president and founder of Paintings for Pediatrics which is an all-volunteer organization dedicated to raising money to fight back against childhood cancer. Paintings for Pediatrics partners with local art studios to provide art supplies for pediatric patients to express themselves through art on canvas. So welcome to the show today, Craig.
2: Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me in EIG Studios. Great to
1: be here. You're welcome and we're glad to have you here. So why don't you start out by telling us uh, what made you want to get involved in helping the mission around childhood cancer?
2: Yeah, right. It's probably the First question I gets asked all the time. I don't have, you know, everybody asked me, like, did I have kids that were impacted personally by child cancer or something directly that that hit me? And uh, the answer to that is not personally. And I think that's, there's um, benefits to that. We need to get more of the people that haven't been personally impacted and involved. What happened in my life is I did know some people that were going through um, and had, you know, their kids dealing with childhood cancer and didn't really understand what they went through. Um, doing financial planning in my world and, and getting to understand what that actually means for some of these families. Uh, the company I went to work with now—they do a lot with child cancer, Alex Lemonade Stand, things like that—and um, got to meet some of these families. It was incredible. It was inspiring. Right? You meet these—you meet these families. You meet the kids. They—they they have a very grateful attitude. And I think just we're in a world right now where just gratitude is so underutilized. Yes. Right? Turn on the news and it's something negative and it's more negative. And I don't care what it is. It's just it's just negative. How do we create gratitude? So a group that I was a part of, we started meeting at um, a local art studio for our get-togethers. I have zero artistic ability whatsoever. I can't draw a stick person. It's not straight. It's horrible. Like, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's people laugh like it can never be that bad I'm like no it's that bad and I'll draw something and they're like oh my gosh it's that bad bad. yeah like Pictionary I got zero chance to win I'm last picked right um you know sports I'm good but yeah drawing I'm out so but I've been blessed to be able to go to some of the you know a couple like high-end art auctions. I always remember being blown away like somebody just paid what for what I couldn't even tell what it was but you hear it it's all about like how art makes you feel and I'm like I don't know, based on what you just paid for this, it makes me feel poor. I don't feel anything else (laughs) from that painting. Um, But for me, it was a bit of a God moment. All of a sudden, I want to do something different for clients um, as far as a client appreciation event. You know, I thought the cancer thing was, you know, it's just, it's powerful, it's impactful. um, And you get something out of it. It's not just about going there to give. Like, you're getting such an element of gratitude back that I wanted to... uh, do something in that space uh, to give to the families, to give to Alex's, just to, to, to fight against child cancer. I just thought it was a, a great mission. And so I stood in my group and I said, hey, we're going to put on an event. Um, and the God moment coming to me was just, let's have kids, let's get some kids together that are dealing with pediatric cancer and let's have them, you know, do some paintings. We'll auction off these paintings. I'll buy some food and cocktails. Easy to get people at events when you serve booze in Wisconsin, right? <laughs> um so we did. We had about forty people come. So we did this over the course of about two weeks. So literally, I set it on a Tuesday morning. The following weekend, we had we ended up getting ten kids that were dealing with in families dealing with child cancer to this. I had a guy come do a video. It's one client, you know, grateful that he was able to do that. Another friend come and interview the families who put together this video all over the course of two weeks. At the end of that two weeks, Friday night, bought some drinks, bought some food at this art studio. We put it on, and people went crazy. We auctioned off the paintings. We got about $400 a painting. It's just wow a tiny,
1: $400 per painting? $400 per wow. painting. Wow. Okay.
2: So we just stood up there. We, you know, told the stories. And that, I think that's that's the secret sauce, right? It's like, got to understand what these families are going through. Because um, most of us don't, right? The, the population, the 284 out of 285 that aren't dealing with child cancer, really don't understand what these families that are dealing with it are going through. People are leaving jobs. Um, you know, they're having to quit. They might have to move to different parts of the country. It's not all happening in one spot, right? Sometimes people have to come here to chill. Sometimes they got to go to Atlanta. Sometimes they got to go to L.A., Minneapolis, New York, whatever. Um, but, I mean, if you had to pick your family up and move across the country right now, what does that look like for the rest of your life, right? So I'd say everybody listening, think of that. If you had to drop everything here and move a 1,000 miles away, how would that work? Because that's the reality of what happens to a lot of these families. Um, so... In the same token we were having some challenges on, on on what fundraisers to do and you know within our agency and company um, for Alex's um, based on some of the missions that are out there and in, in diversity and things like that and I you know there's some pros and cons to that certainly but as you know this idea just everything happening at one time goes back to that God moment of wow this is this is meant to be so I had went to my managing partner then and I said people really like this event. I have an idea on how we could change things to tick um, and still raise money for child cancer. And he gave us the seed money and we started paintings from ground zero mm-hmm. um, to get it going, get the bylaws, get a lot of stuff done. And we, you know, created the board um, and have been running with it since and just keep growing uh, from there. So it's been, it's been a wild ride, but that's the start of paintings.
1: And what year did, did you start? What was February
2: the... of 2020?
1: It's a really good time to start anything
2: a month before COVID.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Well, tell us uh, what makes Paintings for Pediatrics different than other similar charities.
2: Yeah. One of our big differences is in our bylaws, we're able to actually give back to the families dealing with cancer directly. So there's other charities out there, but a lot of research, and we want to support the research, but also being able to just help these families at their greatest time of need. Right, what I just said if a family has to pick up and move what does that look like so to be able to give some some money to that um, you know we had one family that had to go up to Mayo Clinic and, and they were turned down by another child cancer nonprofit to get room board and some other things handled and our board being small we have five voting board members we were able to approve that within ten minutes and give this family uh, room and board for their treatment that they actually have over Christmas um, in 2020, even though we couldn't even put on an event. Just our great sponsors that got behind it gave us the money. No events. We had no structured fundraising other than people um, helping sponsor. And we're still able to help that family, you know, real quick. Uh, last year, or this year, we've been able to help quite a few families. And it's not, we're not boisterous about it. We just want to be able to be behind the scenes and help, right? It's not, you know, most people's proudest time to say, hey, you know, give, get. Just, it's it's challenging. So, Um, That's one of the things that separates us for sure.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, Craig is going to share with us some stories of impact, which we love to hear. So he's going to share some stories that will warm your heart. So stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking in this segment with Craig Sorbo, president and founder of Paintings for Pediatrics. So, Craig, I mentioned how we love to talk about impact and how the work that our local nonprofits are doing is making a difference. So do you have some warm, fuzzy stories to share with us today?
2: I got some stories. Try,
1: <laughs> Craig's you <know>. got stories. <laughs>
2: you know, warm and fuzzy might not be the right words for it, but it's, uh, you know, impactful for sure. Um, so when we get our paintings from these families, we get their story, kind of what they went through that's what tells it right going back to what i said art's all about how it makes you feel well the stories that go with the art really give you the feels and create gratitude in in our lives so um this is a story about athena so on uh june 2015 the weekend of her third birthday athena was diagnosed with pre-b all leukemia her life turned from cartoons and toys to needles blood draws and chemo instead of running around and playing on playgrounds she was running around the halls of a hospital while being connected to an iv pole. A month and a half into treatment, Athena's father was killed. She had, a, she had to endure fighting cancer and grieving the death of her father. In the two and a half years of treatment, Athena endured 17 spinal taps, countless blood transfusions, hair loss, joint nerve pain, blood draws, hospital stays, and so much more that a child should never have to endure. She endured all this and still had a smile. When asked why, she would say to her daddy, When asked why, she would say her daddy wanted her to be happy. On August 17, 2017, Athena took her last chemo pill and beat cancer. She's a survivor, a warrior. She's now nine years old and still dealing with the effects of treatment. Athena loves singing, dancing, and creating all things. Uh, She wants to be a fashion designer when she gets older. So, you know, that, that story talks about, obviously, what you go through. Brutal. I mean, imagine that. Your daughter gets diagnosed with cancer and lose a spouse shortly after. This is where, for me, it just makes sense. These are the families out there to help yeah. um, without question. So that one um, definitely hits home for me. Um, we got another story here from the families. Um, this one's in memory of because we have, uh, you know, our painters are um, people that have, that have have had or have lost somebody to cancer. And so um, Olivia made this painting in honor of Avery. I'll tell you the story that goes with it, but Avery was diagnosed with, I'll call it ER, one day before she turned 17 months old. Mm-hmm. The first sign of anything out of the normal started only eight days before. As my husband and I sat in the MRI waiting room that Thursday night, never once did we think we would hear, "We think your daughter has cancer." How could a healthy baby only nine day old, nine day ago, have cancer. How does a child have cancer? How am I going to explain this to her older sister and her twin brother? What happens if she does not survive? Why is this happening to my baby girl, my family? All of these questions raced through my head that night as I held my baby girl all night long. The next day, Avery's biopsy confirmed the cells were malignant. In the days and weeks to come, Avery had many appointments with oncology radiation, oncology ENT, and surgical team. Avery had an implanted port placed, more biopsies and started chemotherapy. As a family, we dug in and looked forward to when Avery's chemotherapy and radiation would be completed and we could put this nightmare behind us. For seven months, Avery suffered through weekly chemotherapy, 28 rounds of radiation, numerous doctor's appointments, overnight hospital stays, both in intensive care unit and in the oncology unit and so much more. We traveled to the Mayo Clinic and Northwestern for second opinions to ensure Avery was getting the best care. The day before her big sister's birthday, we noticed an additional bump on Avery. We carried on celebrating Olivia and spending quality time with family together. A few days later, when we thought we had lived through the worst, our lives were further shattered. While actively receiving chemotherapy and completing 28 rounds of radiation, Avery's tumor still found a way to grow. Avery continued to fight enduring additional radiation and different, harsher chemotherapy. Five months later, we were informed that yet again her tumor was growing and spreading. After everything Avery endured, fought for, it felt like it was all for nothing in that moment. The night I first asked myself, what if she does not survive, is now my reality, our reality. Avery passed away on 6-6-2019 after bravely and heroically fighting cancer and setting an example of how to fight the good fight. We know that Avery made the honorable choice to go to heaven, where she continues to inspire many every day. Wow. Avery what they say to her. So she was born nine twenty four 2016 passed 6-6-2019. Though she be but little, she is fierce. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the stories. Those are the realities of what some of these families deal with.
1: Mm. Uh, wow. I mean, again, when you think you have problems, right, you put things in perspective and, and it uh, really makes you... Think about the the blessings that you have, but also, when you hear these stories, it makes me think about okay, how can I make their life a little better in some small way? And you've been you've been doing that. H- how do you go about a, a, and what do you do to raise the money for pediatric cancer research?
2: Yeah, so we have a lot of growth. Right, we're two years old right now. Um, re- in reality, probably one year old with COVID, um, but. Every year we put on a gala, so it's typically um, second week in November. Um, this year it's it's at Ingleside. Um, the, uh, um, what we do is we, we have families throughout the country, even in the world. We actually have one in Canada now as well, doing a painting and telling their story. We're going to get together, uh, have a gala event for them, so people can come be a part of the gala. That's where We're going to auction off all of the uh, first uh, original paintings so we'll have a live auction all those paintings to raise money obviously to help the families help support um, uh, obviously research on child cancer as well we also will have our e-commerce store up so just go to paintings dot check that out uh, we have older paintings um, and replicas and the stories that people could buy on there Our goal is to get these paintings as many places as we can. The idea is that, right? Gratitude. How do we create gratitude? Um, In my mind, this is, it creates a ton of gratefulness in my own life. You know, I have uh, two young kids and, you know, it's without question you can have young kids. They can drive you crazy, right? And I think we can look on that. We focus too much on that. We focus on them, you know, figuratively gnawing on our ankles or whatever, wanting something, this, that. Uh, but the reality is I got a painting in my house and every day I can look at that painting and go, I'm incredibly grateful that I have this as an opportunity. You know, just today, my kid's home sick and had to adjust work and rushed to get here and my wife had, and like, that's one day, Yeah. right? Imagine dealing with this for years. I think we've all been there, right? We've all complained at some point in time about school and our kids can't go to school or, um, you know, what? like we find a way in, to complain instead of just go, man, it I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be able to do this. Yeah. And that glass half full mentality is, is what you get to receive uh, when you have these you know stories and, and these paintings in your house and how it makes you feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, well, give us an idea of what your goals for the future are. Since you're a young nonprofit, yeah. uh, what are you hoping to see for the future?
2: We got big goals. You know, some of my board laughs at me because they they think I'm a little crazy, and, and but.
1: That's okay. you got to have some big goals. Yeah.
2: Elon Musk was thought to be crazy for a long time. Right? <laughs> I'm not Elon Musk. But, I, you know, to, to those, much is given, much is expected, I firmly believe. I think we have an incredible platform here, not only to support these families um, and local people, but our goal would be to go national uh, as we bring in more and more paintings. By the end of this year, we'll have over 300 paintings that we'll be able to to create. So, our goal is to get these in as many places as we can. You know, the reality, I'm gonna, like, think KISS marketing, mm-hmm. but 100% nonprofit and better stories. Yeah. Um, you know, a KISS concert might make you feel good temporarily. <laughs> these are going to make you feel, feel good every single day you get to see it.
1: Yeah. And again, I just want to reiterate that the paintings are done by the young uh, child or young adult that is suffering from cancer. And as you said, just the feelings that and emotions that go with that, right? Or are any of the family members yeah, also? So
2: that's a great question. We so anybody that has had, has, or families that have lost kids of cancer can do a painting. Okay. Um, so some of our paintings were in memory of a sibling, done by siblings. Uh, some are, um, you know, kids currently dealing with cancer, and some are, you know, kids that are in remission now. You're never out, Not you're never cancer free. That term is you know loosely put. If you get cancer as a juvenile, and usually even as an adult, but really as a juvenile, when you think you're going through your adolescence and just growing and you have this giant jolt, you have challenges forever. You know, we actually, one of our painters that I know pretty well, um, you know, she's in her mid 20s now. She almost passed away again two years ago from having cancer when she was 10. That's Mm -hmm. 10 years later. And it was uh, ramifications from what happened to her when she had cancer as a kid. So, yeah, it could be any of those situations that we have paintings for Mm. or from.
1: Well, uh, before we go, I'm interested in in what you would say is your call to action for our audience.
2: Yeah. Please check us out, uh, paintingsforpediatrics.com. We're on all the social sites. I'm not great with social media, but if there's a social media platform, we're on it. Um, So it's all going to be paintings for pediatrics. You can email us at info at paintingsforpediatrics.com. Please reach out. If you know a family that's dealing with this, we'd love to get in touch with them, get some artwork and tell their story. Keep that ongoing. If you'd like to get involved in our gala events or any other events that we do throughout the year, check us out on the social sites. The website will have that stuff on there. Um, if you're interested in hosting an event or doing something, and that's what's one of the other neat things with us is, is we're able to support even other nonprofits. We did an event this year for Leukemia Lymphoma Society, brought paintings, um, replica paintings to that, auction them off to people at an event they put on. Um, you know, so our we want to get involved in a lot of other nonprofits too. Our goal is just to tell these stories, and I think we're going to be really good at telling these stories. And if we can improve the fundraising in this space everywhere, that's a massive win. and yeah, that, for that's everyone. It's a for win everyone. For
1: everyone. We are yes. we are
2: nobody's competition. We are, you know, here to support all of them and just improve money in this space. Um, you know, you have some stats there, right? This the what's happening in in the child cancer space right now it's unbelievable there's way too many kids right now having to deal with this and parents should never have to go through this somehow we got to put an end to it until we can do that we got to help support these families to get through it it's just incredibly needed in my life or my in my eyes
1: yes okay well thank you Craig for sharing uh, all about the ways that you're making a difference for families um, that are dealing with pediatric cancer so thank you for for being here today
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you giving us time to to talk about it.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, most of the time we're bringing together two nonprofit guests whose mission is similar or perhaps they serve the same population. Our next guest is here today, not because of any of those reasons, but because he's a friend of Craig's and the synergy between them is that they both share a passion for helping others, although it's in an entirely different way. So stay tuned to hear about another nonprofit that is making a big difference for a large population of people. Don't go away and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community with your host Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WYSN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host Jill Economo. Now I mentioned that our next guest today is a friend of Craig Sorbo's from Paintings for Pediatrics and he shares a passion for helping others in need just like Craig does. The group of people Craig was helping to support were children with cancer with the number of those needing help and support in the hundreds of thousands. The next group of people we will be talking about that need our help and deserve our support number in the millions. My next guest today is David Bellman from Bellman Homes, who is sharing how he's involved in Operation Finally Home. Operation Finally Home builds hope by providing homes and home modifications to wounded, ill and injured veterans, first responders and their families who have sacrificed so much in their service to country and community. Welcome to the show today, David.
3: Thank you so much, Jill. I appreciate it. And also thank you to Ellen Becker Investments for uh, sharing our wonderful story.
1: You are welcome. Well, why don't you first tell us more about Operation Finally Home?
3: So Operation Finally Home is really an amazing cause because what it does is it finds very, very deserving injured veterans and first responders, and we surprise them with a brand new, completely mortgage-free new home. And this is not like a little home or a tiny home. This is a a a brand new 2000 2100 square foot home custom built around their needs so it's help helps them transition from a military life back to a civilian life and it gives them that time that they need back with their family gives them the opportunity to start a whole new career because many of them unfortunately have that taken away from them uh, because a lot of the people that we're helping are veterans that wanted to serve their whole career but have that cut short because of an injury.
1: Mm. Is it kind of like a publisher's clearinghouse kind of thing where you surprise them and flowers? And I'm sure there's tears too, right? Oh, yeah.
3: It's it's incredibly emotional, if you can imagine. Um, we do surprise the families, so um, sometimes, sometimes it's a little more elaborate than others. But uh, we we like to do that because, um, you know, it creates a lot of awareness for the cause, but it's also really amazing to, to be able to share such a gift like this with a family. So to be able to um, see uh, the reaction on their face and their families and, and what this means to them, it, it's just an incredible thing. And as soon as you do it, you want you just want to do it again. Oh, I'm sure. It's incredibly rewarding.
1: I'm sure. Well, tell us um, where was it started and how and when did it get here to Wisconsin?
3: Absolutely. So Operation Find Home began uh, down in Texas. Uh, Dan Walrath was the founder. He did a remodel. And uh, gave it away uh, to a wounded veteran and said, if I can do a remodel, I'll do a house. And it continued on. So my story began uh, about 2013. I was going through a really difficult time. And I was buying out a business partner, a family member. Uh, It was incredibly challenging and difficult for me to deal with. Um, and I needed some positivity in my life. I needed um, something kind of to look forward to because it was just very difficult. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And uh, I happened to just be going uh, to an event in Las Vegas. It was a builder event. And uh, one of my uh, suppliers uh, invited me to a concert. And I went to it, and it was a, uh, a charity called Operation Finally Home. And they played this video of this veteran, and he wanted to serve for 20 Plus years. That's all you want to do is be a soldier. And um, on a routine mission, he was in a vehicle. It drove over an IED. It blew up the vehicle. It flipped it. And unfortunately, it crushed his legs inside the vehicle. And also inside the vehicle was ammunition. And the ammunition was going to start on fire. It was going to blow up the whole battalion. So he did what any great soldier would do. He was selfless. He pulled his... Bangled legs from the wreckage, and he used it to put out the fire in the vehicle, and he saved his entire battalion. And then he had just enough strength to pop open the hatch and pull himself out before he blacked out. And they're showing this video and him talking about it. And then they show how he, unfortunately, because of the injury, he had to have his legs amputated. And of course, that ended his career that he knew and loved. So if you can imagine the situation that he was in, not only did he lose that day his career, he lost his legs. And the worst part about the whole thing was he had six kids at home on top mm-hmm. of it to take care of. So how do you manage all of that, not only the physical injuries and mental injuries, and then what are you going to do with the rest of your life? How are you going to take care of your family? So it was an incredibly powerful story. And so um, I heard that, and then all of a sudden they show a video of him getting surprised and getting his brand new mortgage-free home. And you could just see how it lifted some of the burden off of him. Um, and and then all of a sudden, out on stage, he comes walking out. He's got a big USA shirt on and he's got shorts on. You can see his uh, you know, prosthetic legs and things, but he was so positive and happy and joyful. And it just completely changed his life. And I was like, man, I just... I want to be a part of this. So how do we bring this up to Wisconsin? And then about a year later, um, the opportunity aligned. And I was just happened to be at an event where they talked about uh, uh, supporting a veteran charity. And I knew all about Operation Fly Home. And they wanted to do it in the Milwaukee area. I'm like, I'm a builder in the Milwaukee area. I'm like, this is meant to be. This is th- maybe God speaking to me that this is this is for me. Yeah. And that's where I got involved.
1: Wow, that's that's quite a story. And I'm sure any story that you see about a veteran serving our country is very um, uh, inspiring, you know, because of what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: inspiring. And, you know, uh, quite honestly, I was shocked. You know, I, I just live in my own little world, right? I'm just a builder. I build houses. I didn't realize how bad a lot of our veterans had it. And I, you know, assume that the government's taking care of them. And they're really not. And there's a lot of them that need a huge amount of help. So to see this just organization... Come together and do such an amazing thing and such a big gift. Um, I was like, holy cow, this is something that we got to be a part of. And I, I never realized the situation.
1: Mm, wow. Well, explain to us how it works.
3: Okay. So there's a couple things with Operation Fly Home. So, as far as finding the family and how that all works, they have a really great family selection process because, as you imagine, giving someone a home is a humongous gift. And so they have um, retired Army uh, chaplain and uh, military personnel that sits on their board and they review every single application and uh, they select, obviously, the most deserving. Um, A lot of people apply. Obviously, we can't help everyone, but they find, I think, the most deserving families. And um, then once they've, you know, kind of selected the family as a builder, I also uh, typically do an interview with the family and then we surprise them with the home. And um, so I get to approve, of course, of the candidate. And then from there, I work with my trades, I work with my suppliers, and I try and get as much material and labor donated as possible. And then we do other events and things in the community to raise the rest of the funds because unfortunately we can't get everything donated for free.
1: Right, right. So, so they get a home for free, which is an incredibly generous gift, obviously. But there's got to be stipulations.
3: Absolutely. So, um, besides the fact that you know they have to go through that process, uh, they also have to have a good service record. They have to have recommendation letters from the commanding officers. They also have to have, um, you know, no. Criminal records. Um, they have to also be able to financially support the home because even if you get the home for free, they got to still be able to pay the mortgage and the taxes and the insurance. So they got to go through all that first before that they get the home. And so that's all kind of part of that that selection process.
1: Okay. And so, how are the families chosen then?
3: Um, so once they're they're actually you know put forward, there's a pretty big packet, and I read. Uh, you know, and, and say yes, this is the family. But then we surprise them with the home, and that, that's what's really fun about the whole thing. Is um, we'll we'll set something up and uh, surprise them with the home, and uh, we try and capture that on film and share that. And a lot of times we get the local news involved in things, and that way people can see the story. They can see the really great thing that that's happening in their community. It not only uh, recognizes a really great veteran family and gives them. Kind of some awareness, but it also creates a lot of positivity and awareness for the cause.
1: Okay, so you have a family selections committee that has retired generals, the operation finally home team and a military chaplain so you kind of choose the family from there There's stipulations that they have to live there for seven years they uh, have to yes. be 70% or more disabled they must have an exemplary service record they need to be able to financially support a home as you mentioned um, so a lot of things that go into it it's not a simple thing but a very generous, generous gift. So that's that's awesome. Yeah,
3: and they're they're very intentional about those rules and stipulations with the home because um, you know, obviously it's a big gift and we don't want someone just taking the home and then, you know, maybe they're a risk and and now we've given a home to somebody and you know, they start doing bad things in the community. We don't want that. We want somebody that's gonna be a stable, good good person. We're looking for people that want a hand up not a handout. Sure. And then obviously the stipulation with at least the seven years and certainly it's their home. So in after seven years, if their needs change or something happens, you know, they're certainly welcome to sell it. They can sell it for a profit and buy another home. That's okay. We don't. Mm-hmm. We don't care that that happens, but we do want to make sure that they stay there a while and they're not just using it for, you know, a quick profit or something like
1: that. Right, right. Well, you got to do your due diligence. And Absolutely. then, uh, you know, I'm sure that it's uh, you've got great stories to share as well. We were talking to Craig early in the previous segment, and he was sharing some inspiring stories. And so we're actually going to take a quick break, but when we return, the audience is going to get a chance to meet someone who has been on the receiving end of one of these homes that David is talking about. So stay tuned. And we'll be right back
0: thanks for tuning in this is EIG Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN
1: welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group I'm your host Jill Economo director of community outreach And I'm talking in this last segment with David Bellman from Bellman Homes, who is involved in Operation Finally Home. But we also have someone here in our studio today that was the recipient of one of these brand new homes. Welcome to our interview today, retired Army Sergeant First Class Tyson Cole. Thank you for being here today.
4: Oh, Thank you for letting me be here and share a little bit of my story with you.
1: Thank you. Why don't you start, Tyson, by uh, sharing what, what some of the typical challenges are that a returning injured vet faces?
4: Um, well, I, I don't want to generalize um, because every veteran is a unique person, and their service is unique. And the challenges that each veteran needs is going to be different. But for a lot of our combat veterans, they want what every human is looking for, and they, they just want a, a safe place to sleep. They want food in their stomach and not have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. And they want to feel like they're a part of their community.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, well, describe what it felt like to find out that you were receiving one of these homes from Operation Finally Home. What was it like?
4: Um in order to kind of understand what it feels like to receive something like that you actually have to go to a little bit darker of an area where there a time in my life when my injuries um had finally led to me losing my job um and while that's military retirement that was a job that i was indefinitely enlisted for so mm-hmm. i was ready to do 40 years 50 years if, if the army would have let me um and so when you're without that community and and it is it's not a job the military and any veteran will let you know this this is a it's a family and it's a family community and a way of life and when you don't have that anymore you are lost and I found myself um, deep into depression and uh, the one occupation that I knew that was stable the family that I had around me was gone It was like being an orphan, Mm. and I had children of my own and uh, my spouse that I had to take care of. And and that's when all those questions start coming in, like, what what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? My body's broken. My mind is breaking. My kids need me, and I'm backpedaling. And lucky for me, someone at the VA uh, reached out and said, look, there's this organization that can really help you if you just apply. Um, and it took a lot of, a lot of um, bravery and kind of reducing that pride of uh, that. We like to, as Americans to kind of pull our own way. And sometimes you get so lost and and you're, you just need somebody to reach out and say, Hey, it's okay. You belong here and we're here to help you. Mm -hmm. And just in that simple act of kindness, um, my life, my children's lives have changed forever. Mm -hmm. And, and, that I mean, it can't be summarized in words. It's it's a feeling of the heart and the soul, and it's something that you have to connect with. And I think that all of us as, as humans, we look for that. We look to want to belong, and like we want to know that our community has our back as much as we have theirs.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I certainly understand what you're saying when you say it's hard to receive a gift like this. Um, but first of all, thank you for your service and i think so many people would say we want to thank you in some way you know knowing that you've given up so much how can we then and it's not a reciprocity thing i mean there's no way right. that it can be but i mean we want to 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 help to show you our appreciation and our thanks for what for what you did and so i again i certainly understand what you're saying where you have to set your pride aside to be able to to accept a gift like this but if you didn't do it, you would be robbing other people, I think, of being able to, to bless you in whatever way that they feel is is uh, the way that they want to show it. And so I don't minimize your what you're saying at all. And I think what you said about recognizing that, yeah, everybody needs help in some way. And So many people want to give, you know, and they want to figure out a way that the home is the
3: least of what we can do for them. You know, they have risked their lives, right? They have put themselves in harm's way. They've spent time away from their families. Yes. They've made incredible sacrifices. And, you know, we want to recognize them, honor them and and take care of them. And if our government won't do it, then we will. And and and, and and people want to do it. And so um, I never feel bad that that's the case, I know a lot of veterans want to pull their own weight, and that's fine, but the things that they have done for us and for our country um cannot be thanked with just a home
1: exactly exactly
4: um and for for the veterans we are a community that you know well we are we are honored and we are so grateful our service was very much our own um pride. And and we were more than grateful to serve this nation. And that's something that every veteran feels, Mm. whether they do it for two years or 20 years, we are absolutely, it was our honor to serve this country. This Mm. is the greatest country in the world. And I will never apologize for fighting for it. Mm. I'd fight for it tomorrow if I had to. Um,
1: that's wonderful. Wow. Tyson, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's really very, very nicely stated. Um, can you share with us how receiving a home has changed you and the lives of your family members
4: it has given me um, the ability to start focusing on my health and um, since I've gotten the home I have been able to heal uh, not just physically um, with several surgeries at the Milwaukee VA Um, and uh, the fine doctors there that have done a wonderful job putting my body back together after 13 years of of pretty rigorous service. So um, it's given me a place to watch my kids grow up. And, and believe it or not, most veterans don't get to see their kids grow up. So I'm blessed beyond belief. And the, the people of Milwaukee have been welcoming. And the community, the sense of community and belonging that they, they give is something that all veterans are looking for. And if we can just reach out to that community and say, hey, look, you belong here, too especially you belong here and we are willing to help in any way we can to get you where you need to be because it's the small population of this country that i think needs the most love and attention and acceptance and and at least knowing going to bed that your community loves you and appreciates everything you've done for them
1: yes absolutely well we do and they do they being the community i think the uh we at Allen Becker Investment Group have a Veterans Appreciation Event every every year where we honor all branches of the military, and um, we just respect and admire you so much. So again, thank you for thank you for being here today to share your story, and um, thank you again for your service, uh, David. I understand that the need is great, right? Absolutely. Um, something like nineteen. 19- million veterans
3: nationwide. Yeah, there's 350,000 in Wisconsin and uh, we've got over 52,000 that are wounded in action. And it's not always the physical wounds that are uh, taxing. There's a lot of mental uh, wounds, whether it's TBI or PTSD. So a lot of our veterans not only have physical wounds, but they have mental wounds. And you may not see those as they're walking around, but uh, they're very prevalent and there's a lot of issues there. So That's one of the nice things is that we help um, veterans with both sides of the spectrum and and make sure that they're taken care of.
1: Well, from 2005 to 2022, Operation Finally Home has completed 247 homes. So how many homes have you built in Wisconsin?
3: Uh, As of right now, I'm proud to say that we have completed six mortgage-free homes for our wounded veterans. And uh, my goal is to continue the program on, and I'd love to do one every single year. Uh, it's challenging sometimes to do one in a year because sometimes it takes almost a year to build a home. So, sure. you know, um, as soon as we get one done, we want to get started on another one and continue it on. And I hope to do this until I retire.
1: Well, it's wonderful. Thank you for the work that you do. Um, but you have to raise money right? in order yeah, to, to away have house. the funds to build the home. So, <laughs> yeah, Giving us... away a house is not a cheap date. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, tell it's... us about some of the events that you have that allow you to raise the money.
3: Sure. So we do two different types of events. We have our community events, which are where we engage with the entire community. I say this is a community project. So we do um, the groundbreaking where we surprise sometimes the family and we break ground. It's a nice ceremony. We do notes of love after the home is framed up and we write custom notes to the family and then we do the dedication ceremony where uh, we we bring them in. We usually a police escort under a fifty foot flag, and we invite the whole community out to celebrate and welcome the veteran home properly. Now we do fundraising events as well. So we do um, several throughout the year. We have. Um, a 5k that we do we do an indoor shoot Uh, we do three outdoor concerts called operation rock the house and then we also have our annual golf outing and those are all fundraisers we're always looking for sponsors we're looking for people to donate and just participate in those events and those raise the funds that we need to cover the materials that we don't get donated
1: okay so those are ways that people can support the cause you know go on your website and and find uh places to, uh, to plug into or go to some of these events that David is talking about. Um, what's the best way for people to find you?
3: So um, a couple different things. If they just wanna learn more about Operation Finally Home, go to operationfinallyhome.org. Uh, if you do wanna financially support, you can easily donate by texting Wisconsin to 41444. If you want to reach out to me personally to get involved, whether it's helping out or uh, if you want to in the trades or want to provide something, you can just email me, david at bellmanhomes.com. That's B-E-L-M-A-N, homes.com. And uh, I'm on the lookout for anyone that uh, works for a larger corporation. They're part of a veteran service committee or you have a community group and you're looking to get more involved with charitable organizations. I would love to just have a conversation with you, uh, come in and share our story and see if it's in alignment with you.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I want to thank my guest today, Craig Sorbo, President and Founder of Paintings for Pediatrics, and David Bellman from Bellman Homes, and retired Army Sergeant First Class Tyson Cole, who are talking about Operation Finally Home. Thank you all for sharing how you're making a difference, whether that's for kids suffering from cancer or helping to offer new homes to veterans. So thank you for being here today, both of you. My pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are making a difference in some way in our community. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to newstalk1130.com on your computer. Or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage everyone to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows or you can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. If you have a desire to make a difference in some way, to do something that makes a lasting impact, find an organization that resonates with you. Determine how you can use and share your gifts with others and provide help and hope and support in some way. Everyone can do something, whether that's big or small. I'm sure anything that you do would be appreciated. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thank you for listening today and have a great day.